Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. I had to work on the weekend. Maybe you caught some of it. C-SPAN invited me to be a guest for 45 minutes on Saturday on their morning show, Washington Journal. Now, Mrs. Graham would look at me funny and say, you work every weekend. Okay, I, I do. But it's different to have to get in a car at 6.30 in the morning and have to wonder on your way in what the C-SPAN callers might unload. <laughs> I had one a few years ago where the caller literally said, Fox uses mind control tactics. I had to try to keep a straight face. Uh, there is a summary of the program on Newsbusters, and you can find it on the C-SPAN website if you look for Washington Journal or Timothy Graham. That's where you find the clips of my appearances. It's funny. Few people call me Timothy, but the boss, Brent Bozell, will do it when he's in a jaunty mood. And of course, I will allow it. Our big topic today, black voters and Biden. So on Monday morning, I decided, well, let's get the week started by checking out the front pages. What's the topics? How are they setting the table? And both the New York Times and the Washington Post had front pagers worrying about Biden's support among black voters. About 90% of black voters picked Biden last time. But there's not just the percentage, but the raw turnout. This is why the Democrats constantly fearmonger about the Republicans being Jim Crow 2.0. You got to keep people scared. Those Republicans, they're all racists. They want you all back in chains if we can use the old Biden speech. Um, they're concerned in part because exit polls suggested that black male voters, 12% went for Trump. And that sounds catastrophic to Democrats. Uh, and so, yes, the New York Post or the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, are very alarmed when the black vote for Democrats might go from 90 to 87. <laughs> this is a problem. Um, what kind of democracy are we living in? Uh, let's start with the New York Times story, since they actually went above the fold with their panic. Black pastors pressing Biden on ceasefire. That would be in Gaza. Not a ceasefire in the black-on-black -black violence in Democrat cities. Our headline might be, Holy Reverend Jeremiah Wright, the black pastors hate the Jews. <laughs> That's not what reporter Maya King was all about. She said a coalition of black faith leaders are pushing the Hamas line. Well, she didn't put it that way. But they are spurred in part by their parishioners who are increasingly distressed by the suffering of Palestinians. Apparently, nobody's distressed about October 7. Uh, Maya King continues, quote, More than a thousand black pastors representing hundreds of thousands of congregants nationwide have issued the demand. 
in sit-down meetings with White House officials and through open letters and advertisements, ministers have made a moral case for President Biden and his administration to press Israel to stop its offensive operations in Gaza, which have killed thousands of civilians. They are also calling for the release of hostages held by Hamas and an end to Israel's occupation of the West Bank. See, now, language like that could mislead. It makes it sound like the West Bank's been occupied for years, which is not the case. But, you know, and it leaves out all those things like, mm hmm, Hamas and the West Bank constantly lobbing missiles into Israel to kill civilians. Well, that's inconvenient information. Maya King continued, the effort at persuasion also carries a political warning detailed in interviews with a dozen black faith leaders and their allies. Many of their parishioners, these pastors said, are so dismayed by the president's posture toward the war that their support for his re-election bid could be imperiled. This story doesn't really get into the idea of Biden shedding Jewish support if he should do this thing and sort of push, you know, more pro-Hamas policies. Uh, The New York Times turns to Reverend Timothy McDonald of the First Iconium Baptist Church in Atlanta, who says, Black faith leaders are extremely disappointed with the Biden administration on this issue. That quote then appears, uh, when you turn the page from the front page to A14, that quote is in large, bold type under a picture of Reverend McDonald. The Reverend is also president of the African American Ministers in Action Project of People for the American Way. So what you're really going to find here is these are all leftists, and they're going to pretend that they're not. Beneath that picture of Reverend McDonald is the Reverend Cynthia Hale. She sides with the Palestinians. This quote in bold type under her picture. We see them as part of us. They are oppressed people. We are oppressed people. Notice, no one ever fact-checks the black left when they suggest they're oh-so-oppressed in America? When the far left talks about Israel and apartheid, there's an obvious appeal in there. Israel is somehow white, Gaza is brown, and so brown equals oppressed. So let's not focus so much on whether Hamas is inhumane in the way it's been waging war, a war that it started— Hamas is not under the radar for this piece. It's all about Biden in trouble. The story continues. The coalition of black clergy pushing Mr. Biden for a ceasefire is diverse, from conservative-leaning Southern Baptists to more progressive non-denominational congregations in the Mideast and North, or in the Midwest and Northeast. Now, this is a crock. This is what... Liberal papers and liberal networks love to do. They take a pile of Democrats and say, oh, what range they show. Really? Yes, conservative-leaning Southern Baptists who have no reverence for Israel? Really? I mean, they're going to try to make something sound conservative 
when if they've been voting for Biden and Obama and the Democrats, how conservative are they? Has anybody paid attention to how Christians and the Bible are treated by Democrats? How they get hooted down if the word God is in their platform? This is how they disguise a bunch of left-wing activists who think Biden is too right-wing and too pro-Jew. Oh, they're very diverse. That follows with this passage. Quote, this is not a fringe issue, said the Reverend Michael McBride, a founder of Black Church Pack and the lead pastor of the Way Church in Berkeley, California. He also said, there are many of us who feel that this administration has lost its way on this. So, of course, hey, hit the Google machine. What's the Black Church Pack who says their position on Hamas isn't fringe? Oh, look at the advisory board to the Black Church Pack. This list pulls up not only Timothy McDonald, who we've already mentioned, it includes names like, there he is, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Chicago, Illinois, and Reverend Michael Flager, Chicago, Illinois. Flager and Jeremiah Wright, big buddies. Another name was Ron Daniels. This means we have a bunch of fringy Louis Farrakhan lovers. Those are not the pro-Jew people. Uh, in Farrakhan's final call newspaper from last May, Dr. Daniels was marveling over how young Farrakhan looked. It must be his diet. And Dr. Daniels stated he's enjoyed being a friend and comrade with one of the great teachers, prophets, and advocates for liberation. Of his many fondest memories is standing with Minister Farrakhan against vehement lies and attacks of anti-Semitism. Yes, calling the Jews termites is an anti-Semitic. Says Dr. Daniels about Farrakhan, he is a jewel. He is cherished. And I don't know of anyone who could have pulled off the miracle of the Million Man March. Yes, how could we figure out that these people would say Biden's siding with Israel too much? Yes, the black church members who are so oppressed, they cheered on 9-11. You remember Reverend Wright? The chickens come home to roost. 9-11 was a good thing in the Reverend Wright book. Let's add one more quote in this story from a black faith leader. Reverend Frederick D. Haynes, a Dallas pastor and the president and chief executive of the Rainbow Push Coalition, the civil rights organization founded by the Reverend Jesse Jackson, said, so when you hear a president say the term redeem the soul of America, well, this is a stain supporting Israel, a scar on the soul of America. There's something about this that becomes hypocritical. I'm sorry, Reverend Hayes. You know what's hypocrisy? Claiming to be a Christian and being for the Muslim terrorists. Now, late in the piece, Maya King seemingly presses these Democrats she's talking to with how much worse it could be for those oppressed blacks if Trump should win again. And forget the lowest black unemployment ever recorded up to that point under Trump. That doesn't matter. 
And then also King turns to some rabbis who are a little distressed at how interfaith relations, well, it's a little tough out there now with the black Christian pastors siding with Hamas. It's not exactly what the rabbi is saying, but that is the reality. Interfaith relations get a little tough. You know, Hamas equals Islamic terrorism. These people are not for a rainbow coalition of believers. They will kill the infidel. So what part of that do these people not understand? But Maya King and the New York Times failed to capture the contradictions of black Christian pastors for Hamas. Then there's the Washington Post. Their story is below the fold, but it has a color photograph. The headline, Analysts warn many black voters growing weary of Biden. Oh. Subhead, outside Detroit, some see little progress and ponder their options ahead of presidential election. Yes, their options seem to be vote Biden or don't vote. They didn't seem to bring up Cornell West, radical black leftist. There's a choice for you. The reporter is Michael Bryce Sadler, who is African-American like Maya King. You know, often reporters, uh, big editors at these papers are like, well, black reporters have to cover the black people. That's, that's the way it is. The gay reporters have to cover the gay people. But, you know, they don't have any Republicans to talk to the Republican people. (laughs) That's not necessary. We don't care about those people. Uh, The uh, subject here, the man in the photograph, is Pontiac, Michigan resident Brian Killian Bay. There on the front page, he says, Democrat canvassers show up around election time vowing to improve conditions for him and his neighbors, but it never happens. So apparently his part of Pontiac, Michigan, is continues to be in decline. But the Post story really falls off the facts wagon with this sentence from Bryce Sadler after he's talking to Cliff Albright of the Black Voters Matter Fund. Albright said conservative talking points have resonated with some black voters who feel disillusioned or have economic grievances. And the reporter says, even though Biden has made more significant gains in reducing unemployment and creating jobs in his first three years than Trump did, including for black Americans. Later in the piece, Mr. B.S. added, the administration says Biden has delivered for black voters in numerous ways. The black unemployment rate hit an all-time low of 4.7% last spring. Yeah. That's probably an all-time low last spring. That's April. But, you know, this is the post being cute because it was at 5.8% in December. It's gone back up by more than a point. Still not terrible, but what's 5.8%? Under Trump, this was where the black unemployment rate hovered in 2019. This is what it got down to when it was a record low back then. So it's not exactly a disaster if you're trying to scare black voters that they might go back to the Trump years when the unemployment rate is about what it is now. That makes it a little tough. 
The Post reporter adds, the Biden-Harris campaign and Democratic leaders have taken notice of the sinking enthusiasm among black voters, particularly after a 10 percentage point decline in black voter turnout in the 2022 midterms compared with 2018. Now, this might, to me, make natural sense. They're, They're more easily agitated into turning out in 2018 because they've been presented with this idea that Trump is this great threat. Mr. White supremacist, whatever they're trying to sell you. And by 2022, you're going to find more of these voters who are like, what did Biden do for me the last two years? So some of them dropped off. In this story, some black men showed up for a focus group at a bakery in Pontiac. And they sounded sort of Trumpian notes about there's not enough money for us when we're sending billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine. Yes, America sent money overseas instead of forgiving those student loans and all that. Uh, So that's something that they have to deal with. But they are very concerned with trying to keep, not just to keep the blacks uh, voting for Biden, you know, and not voting for Trump and not voting for a third party candidate. This is kind of the thing that where you would say, Democrat papers want to be realists about what's going on. Uh, So if there's trouble in Democrat land, they're going to try to sound the alarm. Now, nowhere in these stories, of course, is there really any note that, yes, there is an appeal. I mean, there's there's just vague notions that there is appeal to what the Republicans are selling. And that is, you know, black businesses could do better. Apparently, in one of these stories, I guess... They talked about black businesses getting money under COVID to keep going, which made them slightly more pro-Trump in some cases. But it's this whole notion that these voters are our voters. And that's where you get into these discussions of the plantation, which is, which is rough language. But it's that whole notion of, no, we own these people. They're supposed to 90 or 92% vote for the Democrats. And when they don't, you know, this is some real inter-Democrat grievances and grousing here. And that is that, yes, the black voters are like, we want reparations. Some of the people, some of the ministers cited in the New York Times story, you know, like Dr. Davidson, very big on the reparations. Where's our reparations? Um, And they just don't want to really explain to you that really being pro-Hamas does put you on the fringe, or it should You know, a Christian for Hamas, I'm still stuck on that. I'm going to have trouble trying to work that logic through. But we will continue to follow all of these things. One of the things that we're looking at over the next couple of days is the the House impeachment hearings for uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Maybe we'll talk about that later this week to see how the networks cover that. We had record High illegal immigration again in December. That news came out on Friday night. Uh, That obviously lends more urgency to this notion of how this administration is failing to offer border control. And the problem you have is that they're going to say, is it incompetence or is it intentional? You know, the real dominant media spin right now over the last few days is that somehow this is Trump's fault. Trump's trying to talk the Republicans out of some sort of border deal. 
We don't even know what's in the border deal. So we don't know whether it's good or bad. But obviously the conservatives in the House and the Senate don't like what they've seen. But the idea that somehow Biden couldn't just fix the border by himself when when Biden reversed all of Trump's immigration things by himself, um, a little bit of that thought is getting out when reporters actually quote Republican leaders. But the dominant theme is somehow Donald Trump is responsible for massive illegal immigration. If that doesn't sound like the nuttiest concept... These are the people that say they're all about fighting misinformation out there. Sometimes you have to wonder, in the pursuit of Democrat talking points, who's scooping out the misinformation? To find that out, to find out what they're saying and and how it's wrong, you can come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.